Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Undercovered Ops. It is week eight, and I am not in the same location that I was last week. That's because I've been in Florida for the last, I don't know, five days or so. I got one more day, and then I'll be back in the great state of Virginia. But it's week eight, and the train don't stop. Just because I leave the home base doesn't mean the work stops. You can have a little fun, but you still got to get that work in. And week seven gave us that work with a number of injuries. So let's get started with the rundown. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins goes down. We see Gus Edwards come in, score the couple touchdowns. But people, you need to realize it's it's not just going to be this easy. The reason that Dobbins had – remember a couple weeks ago, Dobbins came back at that big game, two touchdowns. Then it gets regressed because Justice Hill's healthy. Kenyon Drake has that game. It's, it's so crazy how fast people forget things that happened in the past. Dobbins literally was out, comes in, two touchdowns. Next week, Kenyon Drake scores a touchdown. And everyone's like, whoa, what, what, happened, what, what happened to J.K.? And then obviously the knee thing comes out, and now Gus Edwards comes off. And we knew going in anyways, when Gus and Dobbins were both healthy, it was going to be a 50-50 split. We saw this a couple seasons ago when they both had 700 yards and they both had 150 carries. It split down the middle. Baltimore's not going to run out here and, and give one of these guys an 80% share. You're just not going to see it on a consistent basis. Maybe, maybe there'll be one game where it happens and a guy will have 80%, whatever. But it's going to be extremely rare in this Baltimore offense, especially when you have guys like Kenyon Drake, seasoned veterans, Justice Hill. Now he's looking healthy again. We talked about him, obviously, four or five weeks ago, having him and him. He is currently the most uh, explosive running back on this football team. And with Dobbins going out, Everyone's running to get Gus Edwards 50% this, 45% that. I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm pulling back on that. I always go the cheapest option. Right now, the cheapest option is still Justice Hill, even though we talked about him because Kenyon Drake's coming off of that game. Gus Edwards is coming off his game this last week. Dobbins is out, and everyone forgot that Justice Hill looked great just a few weeks ago. So we'll talk about the Baltimore backfield here in a little bit as well. DK Metcalf, another injury that looked gruesome this over this weekend. And Marquise Goodwin looks to be the guy that's going to fill right in. But there's a few other guys in this offense, you know, even a 24-and-a-half-year-old rookie from last year, Dwayne Eskridge, as well as Dariq Young, who we've talked about. I think Dariq Young fits more in the DK Metcalf mold, and I think they're going to be using him as well. But we'll talk about the Seattle Seahawks eventually in this show. The other one is Chuba Hubbard had a low ankle sprain, not a high ankle fuck, but a low ankle, low whatever, you, you call it whatever you want, low ankle sprain for Chuba Hubbard. Everyone's going to run to get Deontay again, but y'all know your boy, 55% ownership across 42 leagues in all of fantasy coming into the season. And then on underdog, I mean, plus you can talk about underdog, underdogfantasy.com right here. You can see it. Use that promo code underworld to get a deposit match bonus up to $100. 
He was my most rostered running back in all formats, everything, dynasty, seasonal, best ball, everything. It was always Chuba Hubbard because of this exact process. Similarly, right? The, the process was more so that McCaffrey couldn't stay healthy, things like that, but that he was the number two. So if a thing like this happened, he traded, he gets hurt. It's Chuba because we know it's Chuba. Even with Matt Rule and Christian McCaffrey giving Chuba the the, the grace and the hope and, and, the, and the, the the great words preseason. He's he's come a long way in the pass pro. He's come a long way in pass catching. He's come a long way as an overall running back. Like hearing those things back in August and July is why I was on Chuba. I mean, I've been on Chuba the, the, since he came out of Oklahoma State, but it, that's here nor there. Deonta Foreman. I love Deonta Foreman, right? He was a fantastic running back at Texas. He had the Achilles tear. He played good at Tennessee. You know, when Derrick Henry went out last year. But, I mean, we're talking about two different athletes, two different specimens right now, two different parts of their careers. Foreman is going to play fine as the 1B. But the 1A, if you want to even call it a 1A, 1B, is Chuba in this backfield. And that's why they named him the freaking starter. Not a lot needs to be said there. But Chuba, if he is hurt, obviously Foreman is there. Raheem Blackshear also uh, from Virginia Tech this last year as a rookie will be in this backfield and he'll be spelling, but we'll talk about the Carolina Panthers shortly. Cameron Bright again, missed this over, missed over the weekend, Thursday, Thursday night football, Tampa versus the Baltimore Ravens. Looks like Bright will probably miss again. Kate Otten should go. Adam Troutman uh, missed last weekend. Juwan Johnson will go. We'll talk about him in a little bit as well. Corey Davis did not play over the weekend. And obviously Elijah Moore is back at practice. Now, you didn't think I was going to get the rundown finished without talking about a little bit of Green Bay Packers, did you? Because, um, you know, I've stayed pretty quiet on this topic. I, I kind of let the ebbs and flows happen. And, and you know, Romeo has that, the, 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 the nut, like pretty much, he didn't start week one. Okay. I think he had four targets in that first game. Then he has the Tampa Bay game where he's the lead, the lone, the lone wolf on the field. And he has eight receptions for like 69 or 79 yards or whatever it was. Now you're seeing, now you're seeing when Aaron Rodgers comes out and talks about guys that can't process plays, guys that keep messing up, guys that aren't running the right routes, guys that aren't catching the ball with their hands, making body catches. He's talked about this multiple times about Romeo. And now he's saying, we need to get guys off the field that don't know what they're doing and can't run the right routes and make the correct plays and get the guys on the field they are. And if you remember right, it was in the preseason that he was talking of Juwan Winfrey and Samori Torre and Christian Watson, and yes, he did say a couple nice things about Romeo Dobbs, but he's also said things about Romeo Dobbs about being the only guy out there or about being a guy that, you know, he teases him because he catches it with his body. And it's like, yeah, but the teasing only goes so far if you never learn, if you never, hey, hey, dude, hey, you're catching with your, you're catching with your body. Come on, Romeo. Come on. What are you doing, man? I'll make a bet with you. If you catch with your hands, I'm going to buy you some tacos later. And then it's like he catching. Why are you catching? Why are you catching with your Romeo? Stop! I'm running out of tacos. What do you? Come on, man! And it's like when you don't. That's part of the entire process. Has been. It's like at the senior boy, he couldn't win. He didn't learn. He didn't through the whole process. It was like I'm fatigued. I can't work out today at the combine. It's like, dude, the combine is like a four day thing the entire year, and it makes or breaks. It can make or break literally everything. And showing those mental kind of gaps is why we're off Romeo. And the process, you stay the process. The cream always rises to the top. But if it ain't cream, it flops. And that's the way it is with Romeo. You know, you guys thought he was rising to the top. He ain't cream, man. So we flop. He's going right back down 
I called it two and a half months ago. So um, I saw a lot of people tweeting at me. You're so wrong on Romeo. You're so this. You're so that. Guess what, fellas? Christian Watson has hardly played at all. And Rodgers still prefers Christian Watson to Romeo. He prefers Juwan Winfrey. He prefers literally Samori Torre. That's who he wants on the field. He's get other guys off the field. It is what it is. Just know this. Dogwater Dobbs season is officially back. All right, now let's get really into the show. And let's talk about each of these teams broken down by down because this is not going to be as long a show as normal, I don't think. But I'm going to run through and pretty much diagnose a couple of these different situations. We talk about Baltimore. We mentioned them earlier before. Gus was in for 34% of the snaps. Justice Hill, 31. Kenyon Drake, 25. Obviously, everyone prefers Gus. He got 16 carries. Kenyon got 11. Still got to remind that. Routes, it was 4-3-3. Not really a big deterrent there. Again, like I said, I'm going to roll with the explosive guy. Five carries for 26 yards for Justice Hill. Ran the same amount of routes. Had won the slot. He was second in snapshot ahead of Kenyon Drake. He's starting to get healthy. I think if it's this, if it's these three guys going forward, you're going to see a, pretty much this, like a like a 40-30-20 kind of split. Um, you might see a 40-40 Gus and Justice because they're they're two dynamically different guys. One's bigger, one's smaller and more explosive. And then you have Drake, who's kind of a, a mix of the both, but he's lacking that explosiveness that he had maybe three years ago. So I still, like I said, I'm going to roll with Justice Hill here because of the value. I'm not going to spend 50% on Gus this week. 22 snaps for Gus, 20 for Justice, 16 for Kenyon Drake, as I said before. Denver Broncos, another backfield that is kind of in turmoil right now. The Melvin Gordon, after that like weird benching type of deal that went on, um, he's back 53% of the snaps. He's the lead running back, 11 carries, 38 yards, ran 28 freaking routes in this game. Latavius Murray, 29 snaps, <clears throat> 38%. And then Mike Boone was in for 8%, but Mike Boone is now on the IR. So they brought in Marlon Mack. Um, they also have Divine Zigbo on the practice squad, so keep an eye on that. If another injury were to happen, Marlon Mack, again, bounced from Houston. He went from Indianapolis to Houston, Houston to San Fran, now San Fran to Denver, and he has not stuck in one of these spots. So it would not surprise me if Marlon was maybe like, eh, and then gone next week. He gets waved again. It's kind of like that's kind of where he's at in his career. Um, sadly, the, the, the Achilles might have just not came back for Marlon Mack so far in his career. So keep an eye on Divine Exibbo. Uh, also keep an eye out if Denver seems to think – if they win this game against Jacksonville, they could potentially be a suitor for Kareem Hunt. It's it's something where, depending on Melvin Gordon, depending on Latavius Murray to take you to the playoffs, if Russ is healthy, if they really want to do this, because we saw a report come out that if they did lose this game against Jacksonville this week, you're going to see Bradley Chubb get traded similar to Von Miller last year. I think same goes in the opposite direction. If they win that game, I still think that they think they can make it in the AFC because AFC is not loaded by any means. Um, I think you're going to be able to make it in with a 10 and – what is it, 10 and 7 and 9 and 8 is going to push it to make the playoffs. And I think if Denver does it right, Denver gets hot, they will be able to. They just need to get the health on the defense. At tight end, it's kind of funny. They're playing literally four guys, and the fifth one that's not active is Elbert Okuibunum, sadly. Greg Dulcich, 45 snaps, 59% snap share, 33 routes, eight targets, led the team, 6 of 51. Again, this guy, the most dynamic tight end in the class this past year out of UCLA, averaged over 16 yards per reception, the long, luscious hair. Greg Dulcich, Greg Dulcich, Greg Dulcich. He comes in after he gets healthy, and he's just absolutely dynamic. And it's kind of messed up. It's, it's one of these things that we're going to take into account next year is 
right away it was like, oh, well, why isn't Elbert Kuibunum doing this? Or why is that Elbert Kuibunum practicing or, or playing the preseason games because he needs more reps? It turns out they just literally didn't see enough, that they didn't like him enough, and they just – they're literally playing Eric Tomlinson and Andrew Beck and Eric Sobert over Elbert Kuibunum, and then the minute – the only reason he was playing was because they just – I mean, they're using four guys right now. Literally, Dulcich, 45 snaps, Tomlinson, 35, Beck, 19, and Sobert, 13. And quite frankly, Tomlinson, Beck, and Sobert are so much better run blockers, it's not even funny compared to Elbert. And that's probably why he's not playing right now, because he's a wide receiver in a tight end's body. And Greg is just that much better at doing that specific thing than Albert Okoibunam. So I think you need to wheels up for Greg Dulcich the rest of the way, just given that also Jerry Judy's on the trade block. Cortland Sutton's getting matched up on Elphas every single week. Uh, it's a tough scene, but Dulcich leading the targets eight. Uh, you got to chase it. You have to chase it. 16 out of his 33 routes in the slot. The Jacksonville Jaguars. I feel so freaking happy about the Jacksonville Jaguars because literally two weeks ago, we did a show called Hate. On YouTube, you can see it's Hate. And it's the Travis Etienne show. And it was right as everyone was like, Travis Etienne. What the? What are we doing? And they're just quitting on Travis Etienne. And we sat here and talked about it for 40 minutes, but why the fantasy gamers quit on guys so easy and too quick, too quickly. And what happens after this game over the weekend? 52 snaps, 77% snap share for Travis Etienne. Stay the course with your picks. We This is the literally, I could name the show, Stay the Course. That's all I'm going to name it. I might. I don't know. We'll see. Travis Etienne, stay the course. Romeo Dobbs, stay the course. Everybody that I'm going to talk about, stay the course. It will eventually come to fruition. Stay the course. Clyde had a couple of bullshit games. You want to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs? Literally 18 snaps for Clyde, 18 snaps for Pacheco, 24 for McKinnon. This is not a new thing, even if it was a big win. They did win by 15, 20 points against San Francisco. It doesn't matter. Clyde is not that dude. Period. They wouldn't name Isaiah Pacheco the starter if Clyde was to do stay the course, fantasy gamers. When you have something and you have a good a good process and everything's dialed in, do not fade from your process. Back to Jacksonville. Travis Etienne, 52 snaps, 14 carries, over 100 yards again, five targets, 77% snap share, 15 routes. The perfect amount of opportunity to keep his efficiency at an all-time peak. This is the problem like with Antonio Gibson last year and, and this year. is he, The perfect amount of opportunities gives him, and an offense that wants him to be good, uh, when you're not overworked, you're a dog. And Etienne is a dog. And I think you're only going to continue to see that. James Robinson was only in for 10 snaps in this game. Jermichael Hasty two. And then J James Robinson is traded on Monday to the New York Jets post Brees Hall injury. So it's now going to be James Robinson and Michael Carter with the Jets. And it's ETN by himself. And then it's Jermichael Hasty. Jermichael Hasty. Doug Peterson said he's going to get him some more work. But also keep an eye on Snoop Connor. You need to have Snoop Connor on your roster. Snoop Connor is the 222-pound bull running back in this offense. He's not as he's not as anything. He's not as elusive. He's not as fast. He's not as dynamic as James Robinson, but he's going to fill into that 220 pound role. Jamichael Hasty's 205 pounds. Jamichael Hasty's aging. Jamichael Hasty's been on multiple teams. Yes, Hasty can be a great number two to ETN or fill in for ETN and give him breathing, you know, downs. But you're also going to see Snoop Connor get vulching touchdowns uh, here and there. You're going to have a couple games where Snoop gets the two rushing touchdowns. You go, what the fuck? But 
That's why you need to have Stoop in these rosters because if anything happens, like he's going to be a dependable back. There's a reason that they waived Drakewell Armstead. There's a reason that they waived Nathan Cottrell, who was on the roster all year last year. There's a reason that they trade James Robinson. Yes, it's because of Travis Etienne, but also it's because they trust Jamichael and Snoop Connor. So make sure you're adding a Snoop Connor for free um, as, as soon as you can in Dynasty Leagues. Talked about the Kansas City Chiefs already. We'll move on to the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, Kamara's there. Mark Ingram in the backfield. There's really not a lot to talk about. With the injuries to Landry and Michael Thomas, Traquan and Marquez continue to keep doing the damn thing. Traquan's been mostly in the slot with 23 out of 31 snaps. Six targets for Traquan Smith. It's it's crazy that Traquan is like now, like not like really breaking out, but like getting the number two opportunity and getting consistently targeted. At tight end, Juwan Johnson's season, stay the course. Five targets, five for 32, scores a couple touchdowns on a 71% snap share for the next Darren Waller. Juwan Johnson with Adam Traub been missing in this game. I know a lot of injuries, and that's my big thing. Is like, It's tough for him because there's so many injuries. There's so much talent really in this offense. Like Even Traquan Smith is a talent. So it's Landry, Olave, Michael Thomas, Traquan, Kamara. Uh, like they love Taysom Hill. Obviously, for nobody has an... Nobody knows why they really love Taysom Hill, but they do. And this Juwan Johnson. Juwan Johnson just needs those opportunities, and you saw him come to fruition, score those touchdowns for New Orleans in this game. It, it, it's just awesome to see him out there for 51 snaps, 16 out of 39 in the slot. I love it. I love it. Pittsburgh, the running back situation. This is what this is the time of season you're rolling into right now. Everyone's going to see it in two weeks. You're going to go, oh, it's, it's handcuff season. You guys start paying attention. Jalen Warren's been a guy that we've been talking about for a while, obviously with the Najee Harris injuries. But remember, Najee took off that knee or that foot plate just a couple weeks ago. He was in for 77% of the snaps, 20% for Jalen Warren in this game. Najee's starting to get ramped up. He's starting to look a little bit better. 31 routes, four targets, 17 for 65. The efficiency went up against the Dolphins in this game. But the interesting thing is when you look back at the last few weeks of kind of output and opportunity and snap share between these guys, they, they've kind of been crossing paths, right? So after week four is 75-25 in favor of Najee. Then they had that game that was like a 50-50 split. And then it was 69-31 and then 77-20 in favor of Najee Harris. I, I think they're going to continue. They're, they're, start, they're trying to ramp him back up. And Pittsburgh's trying to win games. And they know they need to feed Najee to do that. And with that, may come injuries. And if you talk to anybody and listen to anybody in Pittsburgh media, they love Jalen Warren. The team loves Jalen Warren. So Jalen Warren is a guy... You don't want to be left naked with. You don't want to be left without Jalen Warren on your rosters. So make sure you're paying attention to him as well. San Francisco traded for Christian McCaffrey last week after we did our show. Jeff Wilson in this game, 21 snaps, 30% snap share, 13 routes, 7 carries, 54 yards. McCaffrey, 19 snaps. Again, he had like two days to learn the playbook. 19 snaps, 8 carries, 38 yards, 8 routes, 3 in the slot, 2 targets for McCaffrey in this game. It's just the dude is just an animal. So you're only going to see this grow. If he, he garnered 30% in his first game, he's probably going to garner 65%. I'm, I'm sure that's probably where they put him. And Wilson's going to regress. Tyrion Davis-Price did play a lot in this game. Um, 12 snaps. I mean, a lot in, in, in comparison to Tyrion Davis-Price. 12 snaps. They did lose to the Chiefs by quite a bit. So this game was kind of out of reach. And then he played mostly in the fourth quarter. The offense is just kind of how it, it kind of un, unraveled as far as Entering McCaffrey is that Juwan Johnson's down to a 38% snap share at this time. Kittle's in the 85%, Debo 86, Nayuk 91. Uh, 11 targets for Ayuk, 7 for Debo, 8 for Kittle. And then obviously you got the running back situation. So one of the one of these guys is not going to have the 11, 7, and 8 targets between Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle. 
And with McCaffrey being a full workload guy, you're going to see McCaffrey get a lot more of those targets. So I don't know which one of these guys it's going to be. It, it might end up being Kittle. That's usually what it ends up being. But I think you're going to end up, you know, you also have three targets for Juwan. You have four targets for Ray Ray McLeod. Like those are some targets that could go away and go more towards McCaffrey as well. Let's go to the Washington Commanders backfield. They beat the Green Bay Packers in this game in week seven. Something that, you know, I'm sitting literally beachside drinking my little vodka crayon and watching Aaron Rodgers. I, you know, I, I respect Aaron Rodgers, but watching him on the sideline while Heineke just dials in first down, first down, first down, and then Packers get the ball back and he gets sacked. Just glorious as a Vikings fan to see this. Brian Robinson, 34 snaps in this game. Gibson, 29, and McKissick, 11. 20 carries for 73 yards for Robinson. 10 for 60 for Gibson, 10 for 59 to be exact. 13 routes was the most out of the running backs. That was Gibson, four targets, three for 18. Gibson at 40%, Robinson at 46%. This is where they probably should be to keep this running back field dialed in and efficient. You're going to get double-digit fantasy points out of both guys in this exact setting. So I love that. The tight end position, Logan Thomas did not play as well as Carson Wentz did not play. So you saw Armani Rogers, the rookie, uh, 36 snaps, three targets, three for 28, not really interested in fantasy. Go to Carolina. We talked about Chuba and Foreman. Not a lot needs to be said. 24 snaps for Chuba, 26 for Foreman. Foreman had 118 yards on the ground. Chuba, 9 for 63. They both ran seven and eight routes. It's going to be split here with the injury. Um, it's probably going to regress more. Like they named Chuba the starter last week, but with the injury, they're probably going to be a 50-50 split or a, even now a 60-40 this week with Foreman. But know this, when Chuba is 100% healthy, He's gonna he's gonna take back the lion's share, which is gonna be a 60-40 or some shit split in this offense. We saw Robbie Anderson gone. If you follow on TikTok, player profile on TikTok, I called one of my hot takes this last weekend. Seattle was gonna beat the Chargers. They were a five and a half point dog in LA as well. Also called Cleveland. Cleveland almost pulled that game out in Baltimore. And then the other one was DJ Moore breaking out, going for 120 yards. Instead, he goes seven for 70 in a touchdown, 96%. The other receivers in this offense, Terrace Marshall, number two, 82% snap share, three targets, two for 31 on 42 snaps. Easily his, his you know most involved game as a professional wide receiver in the NFL. Shy Smith, 25. Visca didn't do anything. And then Ian Thomas and Tremble split their hairs. Let's finish it up here in Seattle with the Sea Chickens that just beat the snot out of the L.A. Chargers. Kenneth Walker's that dude. Uh, if you don't follow Kenneth Walker on Twitter, you need to because he just changed his profile picture to one of the greatest things I've ever seen, which is for player profiler people, you should be a fan of this because this lady at the Chargers game was like at field level in the suites or whatever, and she's giving him the double bird, and Kenneth Walker scores his touchdown and just points at her. And there's a, somebody got the picture of Kenneth Walker from behind of him pointing to this lady, and she's in the field level in a box, and she's giving him double birds, and she's wearing a Ladanian Tomlinson jersey. And if you know, you know Kenneth Walker's best comparable on player profiler is Ladanian Tomlinson. So it's like, it's okay, it's okay, Kenneth. One day she'll be wearing your jersey too. It's just like, I just thought that he put that as, as his profile picture is, is 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 fucking awesome. So shout out to Kenneth Walker going for over 160 in this game and, and just dominating the Chargers. He is who we thought he was, the hardest pure runner in this class, potentially the next Nick Chubb, best comparable, obviously, to Ladanian Tomlinson. He's a fucking menace, and I think you can continue. You know, he might be the league winner at the running back position with the Seattle emergence in 2022, but with the emergence comes DK Metcalf injury. Metcalf had a knee injury at the league this game early at 16 snaps. 
So Tyler Lockett led with 42 snaps, and then Marquise Goodwin, 35, and then D. Eskridge, 28. Eskridge has been incrementally growing week in and week out. Lockett obviously has been that dude, seven targets, seven for 45. The guy you need to keep your eye on, Eskridge obviously was 24 and a half last year, 25 and a half this year as a second year wide receiver, very injury prone. Marquise Goodwin, however, like I said before, four for 67, scored a couple touchdowns in this game. But Marquise Goodwin literally has played for nine years in the NFL. As I was writing the notes and I was going to check, I was like, man, I just nine years. For guys, physically had 29 injuries. And I go to his page and scroll down to the bottom on player profile. You can see all the injuries on player profiler. In nine years, Marquise Goodwin has had 24 different injuries. I love, I love Marquise Goodwin. Don't get me wrong. He's a speed demon. He was a dog at Texas, but he's 32. And I just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel being like a top 24, top 36 fantasy game changer in any uh, consistency, consistent pathway. Like he had the big game this week. I get it. DK was out. Those probably should have been DK's opportunities, but it is what it is. I love you, Marquise, but it's just like, I, it's, it's going to be tough for me to really like gamble on that in a, uh, a lineup league week in and week out. You got the balls to do it, do it. DFS, obviously that's different. Um, but as far as fantasy goes, I would much rather probably prefer D Eskridge because if something were to happen to Goodwin at all, or even without, I think the game plan going forward the next few weeks, DK's out for a while is going to be Eskridge as well. Now, mind you, these guys are pretty undersized and all these guys are like sub 200 pounds. They're just little speed demons, Lockett, Goodwin and Eskridge, little guys. Dariq Young is the six foot three, 220 pound guy that was playing directly behind DeKalen Metcalf, 15 snaps in this game. Uh, one route, so he's in there for a lot of run blocking opportunities. But I think Derek Young is going to start getting more opportunities. That's a deep, deep, deep stash in Dynasty that I'm making everywhere. Is Derek Young again? Make sure you, you're adding Derek Young in all of your sleeper leagues. Sleeper is the only place for fantasy. We know this. We've been talking about this. Go over to sleeper.com, sleeperfantasy.com today. Get the app. Go on the desktop. No matter where it's at. And I know the, the season's kind of underway already, but we're, I mean, we're eight weeks in. In 10 weeks, you'll be able to go to Sleeper and transfer all your leagues to every other site. I told you this before, I'm transferring all my leagues over. Again, the rest of them to Sleeper.com. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD for a deposit match bonus up to $100. They have pick'ems. They have squads. So you can literally play. You know, I have my home league of 11 years now on Sleeper as well. So I can play intra-squad games. Like I can bet against... Uh, Cam, the guy that I'm playing this week, I can bet against Cam and say, I'm beating you this week. I'll put 25 bucks on it. We can bet head-to-head, player-by-player, pick-ems, whatever it may be on Sleeper Fantasy. Go over there and do that today. But until next week, I'll be back in Virginia, home base next week. I appreciate you guys sticking with me through this Undercovered Ops Week 8. Like I said, let's go stash Derek Young and let's have a kick-ass week.